Hello and welcome to my new podcast. The reason I started this project is because I want to be of more service to my audience directly. What that means is that each episode, I want a member of my audience, you, to be a guest on my podcast and we can talk about anything you want that you believe I can help you with. These are basically free coaching calls. We can talk about anything the guest wants as long as he believes that I'm competent in that field. And of course, the reason the coaching calls are recorded is so you can listen to them and benefit from the same information. Now, if you want to be a guest on my podcast, you can. Follow me on Instagram and look for the post where I announce that I'm looking for a new guest. If you fit the podcast requirements, linked in my Instagram bio, you have to read the podcast requirements and you are available at the time I'll be recording the podcast, comment on the picture saying you want to be a guest. After 24 hours, I randomly choose someone from the comments to be the next guest. If that happens to be you, you get to be on this podcast. My guest for this episode is Mehmet. He was born in Turkey and now lives in the United States. Mehmet is very passionate about fitness and has the goal of building a body like Brad Pitt in the movie Snatch. Unfortunately, his progress was stunned a few weeks ago when he injured his arm in a wrestling accident. He had to take surgery for that, otherwise his shoulder was in danger of popping out of its socket. We recorded the podcast shortly after his surgery and Mehmet wanted to talk to me about how he could come back to the gym when his arm recovered. In 2016, I too had to take a six-month break from lifting due to illness and surgery, so he wanted to ask me several things about nutrition and training. This episode is pretty random, we go back and forth between nutrition and training, but I hope you'll enjoy it regardless. Alright, well Mehmet, uh, what can I help you with? What is your Uh, first question? uh, My first question was, how much protein do I need? Since I'm on injury right now, how much protein would I need to like I know I'm going to lose muscle, but like just to maintain a good amount. Well, you aren't working out at all at the moment. Yeah, correct. Yeah, well, in that case, I would say you can eat around between 100 and 120 grams per day, something like that. I, I don't think you need more. Really? Well, you can eat more. I just don't think it's going to make that much of a difference because be, because you're not training, you're going to lose muscle anyway. Um and 100 grams, above 100 grams, maybe uh, close to 120, basically covers all your uh, protein needs at rest. I just learned something new. Because well, you are eating a lot more? Actually, since I weigh like 170, I was trying to get 0.82 gram per pound body weight. Well, how much is that? Isn't that close to 120? 140. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, it's, so. it's in that range. I, I don't think 20 grams of protein makes that much of a difference, but um, it probably does if you're training really hard and you're, you're, you're bulking or you're, you're cutting to very low percentages of, uh, of body fat. But other than that, I really do not think that we need as much protein as uh, is uh, you know, promoted online. All right, the next question was BCAAs. Do you think they're any helpful on a low protein diet? Because I started taking some because I was getting the sufficient amount of protein. I think they are not necessary if you eat high quality protein sources, meaning if you eat animal products such as meat, cheese, eggs, fish, then you're getting lots of leucine, which is one of the uh, uh, brand chains 
branch chain amino acids, and you probably do not need BCAAs on top of that. I would say that maybe the people that would benefit slightly from taking BCAAs would be vegans that eat only low quality protein sources that don't even take maybe pea protein powder or rice protein powder or even soy protein powder because um, for example if you if you take a, a blend of pea and rice protein that is almost as good as whey and uh, it it gives you all the all the essential amino acids and you do not need bcaa's on top of that the same the, the same is um is true for for soy protein powders but uh if you you know eat just potatoes and uh, broccoli and mushrooms and maybe nuts i would say may, maybe in that case bcaa's would be helpful but i assume that you have a balanced diet you you eat most yeah. protein sources in that case i don't think you need them what about do you recommend taking bcaa's before training on empty stomach or like when would you recommend it best please the person that started the trend of taking bcaa's before fasted training i think is martin borkian from lingains and he knows what he's talking about the research probably indicates that if you take bcaa's before fasted training you reduce muscle uh, catabolism and you may prevent some uh, some muscle some muscle loss during training or you maximize protein sy synthesis after that but i think that you can just as well drink a protein shake before training or you can eat something a sandwich before training it's it's almost the same thing because you just want to have some food in your body before you train unless people train have to train very early in the morning i don't see a reason to do fasted workouts because they probably do not improve fat loss they probably do not improve fat mobilization um or maybe they do but it's such it's such um it makes such a small difference that you don't even notice it in the in average in average people maybe at elite levels you may see i don't know a pound of extra fat loss over the course of a diet because you do fasted training but it's really not that much and if it's inconvenient for you to train fasted then you have to uh, always think about oh i need to take bcaa's before or i need to have protein before then you can just do fed training it's the same thing I actually had to stop doing intermittent fasting because I had to take my medication after the surgery. And the thing is, when I stopped doing intermittent fasting, like, it didn't, like, I was obsessed with this, so I made it into a religion. But once I stopped, I mean, I still had, like, the same body image. Like, nothing really changed. Exactly. I actually, I actually don't do intermittent fasting right now either. And it was exactly for that reason, because when... When I, uh, I got sick and I had surgery and I had to take medication for six months, I had to take medication in the morning, at noon and at night, three times a day. And uh, there, there were a lot of pills and I couldn't take them on an empty stomach. I had to eat before. So I had to eat at seven or eight in, in, in the morning in order to take the pills after that. And uh, I had to do that for six months. And I realized that uh, this actually allowed me to have breakfast with my girlfriend at home and um, it didn't really increase my my hunger and it didn't my, my body fat levels didn't uh, go up and i realized that i maybe have formed 
uh, the, ha the habits, the good habits of, of staying lean from doing intermittent fasting for more than two years. So I could try a different diet structure right now. And it's probably the same case uh, for you because um, if, you, if you didn't really notice a difference in, in body fat levels, you, you're staying lean and uh, you're not really hungry, then you do not need to do intermittent fasting. Maybe you, it helps if you ever want to go very, 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 very lean. I mean, less than 8% body fat or something like that. In that case, it probably helps because your calories would be, would get smaller and smaller. And um, so you would have to eat less and less as, as you get lean. And um, intermittent fasting would allow you to have larger meals and probably feel more satisfied after each meal. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Oh yeah, how did you recover on your surgery? Like, what did you start off doing as a workout? Did you start lifting heavy or like do body weight training? No, I actually started with the routine I was using before the surgery. It's the main routine from my ShredSmart program. And uh, I, I just started the routine, but I started with very low weights. When you do not train for more than six months, you probably have lost most of your, most of your strength and you have to start from the beginning, a, a, fresh, a fresh slate. The, the good news is that you gain strength really, really fast. I actually surpassed my, my previous um, records in, I think, four months after I restarted lifting. You, you gain strength incredibly fast when you, when you come back to lifting after layoff. Wow, I didn't know that. I mean, that's something to look forward to. You may be tempted to increase the, the weights faster because you know that you could handle the weights in the past and uh, uh, you may want to increase the progression model. Instead of adding just five pounds to the bar, you may want to add 10. And uh, that, that, that is the only, the only tendency that you need to keep in check. Because if you do that, then you'll see that your strength goes up every week and you only need maybe uh, 10 to 20 weeks until you get back to the, to the weights that you were lifting previously. Yeah, um, but so you're saying in four months I'll be back to my old self, right? In your case, it may be faster, it may be slower, but I don't think it should take more than half a year. Yeah, um, how were you eating? Were you eating in a surplus? When I was recovering, I was eating intuitively because I didn't really know how much of a surplus I needed to, to, um, to gain muscle and prevent fat gain as well. So I was eating mostly based on hunger. And honestly, this is something that I would recommend you do as well. Of course, not go completely overboard because you probably have some awareness of how many calories you're eating every day. Don't eat 3000 calories every day. But if you, if you want to, to use a calculated approach, you could just put yourself in a surplus. You calculate your maintenance at your, at, at your current body weight and you, uh, it may be 10 to 15 calorie, 10 to 15% more calories. And you should aim to gain one to 1 1.5 kilograms per month. That would be uh, three to four pounds per month. Oh yeah, when you're cutting down the body fat, like how was it easier for you? Did you just track your protein and your calories and like forget about the carbs and fats? Yes, I only tracked protein and calories. 
and uh, I allowed f uh, fats and carbs to, to fluctuate between days because I realized on some days I wanted fatter foods and on some days I wanted more, more veggies, more potatoes, more carbs. And uh, by doing it that way, you actually decrease the severity of the diet, the difficulty of the diet, because you have more, more leeway in terms of what foods you can allow in your diet each day. I, I think we've got what I want to get to. Oh, yeah. Training until failure. I know you made a like a video about this, but I wasn't sure what you meant by doing like, like you said, never to train until failure. Like you would want to do like six reps for three sets. Yeah, I think training to failure is unproductive because after you fail a set, then you are really fatigued for the rest of the workout. Instead, a better idea would be to to stop every every set one or two reps before you hit failure. So leave at, at least at least half a rep in the tank. And instead of going to failure, what you can do is you can do an extra set. For example, maybe in your third set, you were planning to do eight reps, but you could only do six, but you avoided failure. Then you can just do a fourth set where you do another set of five or six again not until failure you compensate for those uh, two reps that you weren't able to do and you do a productive set instead of instead of one that uh, uh, you 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 take to failure when you were leaning down you noticed your arms getting smaller right yeah yeah was there like a specialty that you did to like maintain your arm size i don't think there's much you can do it depends a lot a lot on your genetic disposition where your body fat is um, is stored. For example, I am pretty blessed to store fat evenly when I get fat. A, a, a lot of fat is actually stored in my arms, and when I'm when I'm fatter, my arms look look bigger. But I know that that size is not muscle. So when I when I cut, I know that everything is going to get smaller, back, arms, chest, neck, everything, because I uh, I I store fat evenly. And for some people, they may not store fat in their, in their arms. Uh, I know that um, some people actually have really vascular arms when they're around 18% body fat, but they have really big bellies and they store a lot of fat uh, around the waist. And I don't think that is something that you can, uh, you can control. Uh, all you can do is hope that your, your arms won't get very slim when you when you get lean but that is only something that you can find out by uh by actually doing it by by experimenting i mean yeah okay i, I could understand that um i think we went all over over everything that i wanted to go over yeah awesome right. well thank you mehmet for coming on the podcast and i really hope that you uh you got some value out of it share it with your friends if you want and uh, you know, thank you, thank you for for uh, being here. Yeah, thank you, Radu. Like, I am really excited to be on this podcast. I was waiting. I didn't think my comment would would have got picked. I was really surprised. I couldn't like sleep at night. <laughs> really? Yeah, I was so excited. I only got like probably what two, three hours of sleep. Then I woke awesome. up. I'm really crap to be on the podcast. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Okay, Mehmed. See you next time. All right, see you. Bye-bye.